Time for more terms and definitions to know when you're figuring out how the hell you buy a home. This is the letter P, part two. Let's go. Hey gang, what is happening, my how to buy homies? I love you, but I really cannot believe you all. Seriously, I spent the last three and a half years grinding and researching and pouring my heart and soul into this podcast, dropping sick, sick knowledge and mad truth bombs. And it turns out the feedback I'm getting is more definitions. Yeah, apparently you all really love it when I do these SAT vocabulary style episodes. So you want a glossary? Really? Really? So let me get this straight. I take all this time. I break down the fiscal minutia of a changing economic landscape and how that affects your monthly net income in regards to you paying for an empty liability, your rent versus paying for a theoretical asset that technically should be labeled as a liability due to maintenance, but not when you factor in the variable of each month's lost money while you're renting and when adding in the historical safe and positive appreciation returns when you use your home in this long-term fiscal plan. But you just want more definitions. Okay, fine. This is part two of the P episode. Remember, you can find all the podcast transcripts at howtobuyahome.com to find all the definitions from A to Z. Well, right now, probably just a P because that's where I am. So for part two on the P turns, I'm going to have some real fun to start because the first definition gets pretty technical. So I'm going to ease you into it. Think of it this way. It's going to be like first watching TMZ. And then after a couple minutes, you switch the channel and you end up in the super hard bonus double jeopardy round. We got to get you warmed up first before I nail you with some of this detailed stuff. So the first P we're working on is going to be points or buy down points. You know, it's really funny to me that this term gets tossed around in a lot of industries to sound all fiscally fancy. When you're talking about a point, it usually just means like a percentage, a percentage point. So most of the time, a point is usually just a percentage. So sometimes maybe you've heard the term points when you hear about a Hollywood movie star taking a lower salary and then they negotiate points on the back end. See, what they're doing is they're negotiating a specific percentage of the box office revenue. Again, wanted to ease you into this, so we'll start with the TMZ stuff. I googled the best back-end deals. Did you know Emma Watson used all of her Hermione star power for Beauty and the Beast when she was negotiating her salary? She took only $3 million. I know, only $3 million, but that's relatively low for a big star like that doing a movie. And then she took back-end points as part of her salary. The film made a billion bucks, and she ended up making $15 million total salary when her points were included. Bruce Willis, back in the day, he took only 15 million for the movie Sixth Sense. I see dead people. Yeah, he made 100 million with his points. Tom Hanks, he made bank twice with points on Forrest Gump and Saving Private Ryan. And Jack Sparrow got some serious pirate booty, 300 million with his points deal for the Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean, whatever you wanna say. That's all four movies crazy. But when it comes to the Hollywood points deal to help you understand how points are percentages, it all started with Jack Nicholson as the Joker in the original, the OG comic book movie, Batman with Michael Keaton. I'm Batman. 
what he did back then was he used his star power to negotiate not only a $20 million salary, but points on the back end that made him $60 million back in 1989, which adjusted for inflation, about a hundred million bucks to do one movie. So now here's the fun one. Honorable mention. In 2011, there was a big female Hollywood, I'd say comedic star, popular star who took points on her movie and made 42 million bucks. What was the star and what was the movie? 2011, female-driven lead in a movie. She only took a million bucks in salary and she made 42 million. You're going to freak out when you figure out who it is. Got a guess? Melissa McCarthy, Bridesmaid? Not Melissa McCarthy, Bridesmaid. Not Kristen Wiig. Maya Rudolph. Not Maya Rudolph. Who else is in that movie? Cameron Diaz in a movie called Bad Teacher. That is all true. Yes. Bad Teacher, the movie you've never heard of, she made $42 million for. So why would I tangent this much on actor salaries and points? Because just like Us Magazine says when they show you a mortified, sloppily dressed celebrity at a grocery store who got snapped by a paparazzo, yes, that's the singular correct form for paparazzi. And under the picture, the magazine proclaims, stars, they're just like us. Yeah, just like the stars, you can use points too. You may have heard the term when it comes to a home mortgage, buying down your rate. It's what we call paying points. You can get a lower rate right now. The way it's working is for the first year or two of your loan. Now, this might not be the right thing for everyone and not all lenders or loan programs offer buying down points. But especially today in 2022, when I'm recording this podcast, rates are like at 7% interest rate. So these type of programs could be something that if added to your equation, for you and your unicorn team to look into and see if it makes the most sense for you and what you're trying to do. Options. The way it works is you pay some points at the closing to buy down your interest rate. Currently, for most situations, it doesn't make sense for you to pay it because if you're only getting it for a year or two, it's like, why would you pay at the closing to save monthly? But Because the market is shifting a little bit, if your team can negotiate the seller to pay for it, see options. So here's an example of how this can be done and how you can see that this might be a good thing for you if you get someone else to pay for it. So say you want to buy a home at what I'm still going to call the average price. It's a little higher now, but let's just say $400,000 to make it nice and even. Let's say that the rate you get with 20% down is 7%. Now I know You think that's crazy high, but if you listen here closely, you're going to see how we can buy down and use this buy down hack. Let's say that you got to put 20% down, right? So that means you should have about 25% of the purchase price in your liquid cash. That's 20% down payment and the two to 4% in closing costs with just a little bit of breathing room there. Now you found a home and you know, this is the home for you a home that you're going to be stoked on for at least 10 years, or maybe even it's your forever home. But with the high interest rates, the payments, that's going to be a stretch for you each month when you have to cut that payment. And it's probably going to be a stretch for the first couple of years. Well, you can buy down the points and lower your interest rates for year one or year one and two. Yes, you can buy an interest rate down. Now, again, this is real specific on what's happening right now. We've got crazy high interest rates. 
in comparison to where we've been in the past. And we've got cooling home prices. So time for some non-straight line, pretty in-depth math. So grab your TI-84 graphing calculator. Personally, I like the TI-84 CE Plus silver model, but that's because I'm a little bit of a purist. So I got my lender to send me the Excel spreadsheet and I put in the numbers for you. If you're putting 20% down on the average $400,000 price right now, your loan amount, obviously $320,000. So for this example, let's say you've got 25%. So you got the 20% down plus a little bit more. Here's how the buy down program would work for that. There are two options available today for most current lenders. The first option is called a two one buy down and that's for the first two years. So the first year you get 12 months at two points lower than the 7%. Why they don't just say two percentage points, I don't know. But yeah, so it's seven to five. That's what that means, points. And the second year, you're gonna get one point lower. And then you'll go to the 7% that you're gonna pay for 30 years, unless of course you refinance out of that, which I'm pretty sure you're going to. So translation, if you have a 7% loan interest rate, Year one, you're going to pay 5%. Year two, you're going to pay 6%. And then 7% for the remaining 28 years. Again, I don't want you to be freaking out about 7%. That's based on today, October 2022, where the rates are. Though, if you're a homie, that number does not freak you out at all because you've listened to my podcast and you know that interest rates don't matter in the big picture. Because if rates go up or stay the same for the next five to 10 years, you're going to be stoked that at least you got locked in at 7% before things went up. And if they go down, then you simply have to refinance. So you're not freaking out that I said 7%, right? Okay, so you use that extra money, you buy down 5% for the first year and your payment drops from what would have been $2,129. It drops to $1,717. That's saving you 412 bucks a month. And in year two, instead of 7%, which costs you 2,129, you're gonna pay 6% and that costs you 1,918, a savings of $210 a month. So this two one buy down of the points, it costs $7,458. So someone has to pay $7,458 over the 20% down and the two to 4% closing costs at the time that you close on the property. Now, if you're following this and you understand what's going on, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. If I have the extra $7,458 at closing, why would I pay it up front just to lower the monthly payments for the next couple of years? Why don't I just keep it and then just pay the higher thing every month and use some of that to help me with the payment? What if you don't pay for it? See, in the current market conditions, if you've got a killer team, they can get creative and they can use this hack. The hypothetical sellers of this average $400,000 home right now might be super bumming because they just realized their home's been on the market for a few weeks and they're not going to get $425 on their home like they thought they would. And they really thought it was going to happen because Sally's home down the street sold for $400 in the summer and Mary's home down the street sold for $375 in the spring. And they thought for sure that the rising market would mean they would get at least 425000 for their house because it is way nicer than both those skanks down the street. Except now the market has shifted and you as the buyer have more power. 
So they're back. Seller credits are a thing again. With the right skilled negotiator working on your behalf, you can use that power that you have as a buyer right now to get yourself a seller credit. Now, bear in mind, all these new agents that just got into the game, they've never had to do this before because they've only been practicing real estate in a market when seller credits never even existed. So you got a good experience team working for you. You negotiate some form of credit, either in the original purchase price negotiation or this request for a credit can actually come after you do your inspection. Yeah, you might not even have to waive your inspection anymore. Pretty cool, huh? And instead of asking them to repair five or $10,000 worth of stuff or asking them for a five or $10,000 credit for the issues that you find during your inspection, you simply just say, hey, you know what? We found this, 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 and this, and this wrong with the place. How about you just give us $7,500 as a credit? And then if the seller gives you that credit, so you use it for that point buy down. That's right. You're going to pay your down payment, your closing costs, and then you're going to have the seller come in and pay to buy down your rate. And you get the lower rate for the first couple of years without costing you anything extra. And if you didn't negotiate at the beginning and you get to the inspection and you don't really have $7,500 worth that you can ask for, there's always the second option, which is the one-year deal. That's the one O. And that simply means that you're going to be getting 6% instead of 7% for the first year. And that only costs you $2,525. So let's say the seller is not going to give you a big $7,500 credit. You ask for $2,525 and you lower your payment $210 a month for the first 12 months. Now, to emphasize my point, <laughs> I get it. I said point, emphasize my point. Anyway, I had another point from part one in the last episode about how there's no way that I can justifiably and ethically answer the question. If you say, hey, David, with rates being so high, should I get one of those seller credits to buy down my points and change what I'm doing with my payment structure? I don't know, dude. I don't know you. I don't know everything about your situation. Yes, this is something you can do. But the people who are going to be guiding you and helping you and giving you this decision is the people who know everything about your short-term, long-term, medium-term plans. They got to know how much money do you have? How are you doing on your reserves? Are the repairs cosmetic or are they really necessary? And what about the repairs? Are you handy? Maybe repairs are no big deal to you. And then, of course, we have to figure out everything that's long-term in your life. Do you expect pay raises in the next 10 years in your career? Why does a low monthly payment the first couple of years matter to you? Do you invest elsewhere? And maybe could you be moving your money someplace different? Is one of you going to stop working at one point and become a full-time caregiver? And is that going to affect changing your monthly income? Do you have a giant round-the-world trip planned for the next year before you have kids? So it's more important for you to take that trip than saving $400 a month on the first year and $200 on the second year. Do you see why there are a million different variables that you can only get if you start planning with a team of advocates at least 6, 12, 18 months before you buy? That's the reason why I can't answer that question. I haven't been doing all this big planning with you. For the love of everything that I say on the podcast every single time, if you get nothing else out of this podcast. Please, please, please hear me when I say the buyers that get the best deals. They're not those idiots you see on social media talking about how they got something way below list price. It's not the people saying I stole this home. It was such a great deal. 
The thing about negotiations, the thing about deals, the best deals are actually made months and months and months in advance in the preparation. I really, really want you guys to hear, comprehend, and understand that because it's some of the best advice I can give to any first-time homebuyer. The best deals are made in the planning months and months and months and months in advance of you buying the home. If you want the best deal when buying a home, the killer deal is created way in advance when you work with a professional team guiding you. So when you're ready to shop, you can utilize the best available options to you. And the industry on the whole is not marketing this fact to you. Well, that's because most of the people who would be marketing that fact to you means they would have to work three times as much and they don't get paid until you close and they want to work as little as possible to get paid. Again, realize the people that you work with in real estate, your realtor and your lender, they only get paid when you close on the home. So there is kind of a business industry standard where they let you flail on your own and figure this all out and then come to them when you're all ready to start writing offers. They've built their entire businesses on closing the deal with you in as little time as possible with very, very little regard to my favorite thing in the world when you're buying a home, options. All the options that you could have used, which probably would have set you up for a lifetime of financial freedom. So here we go on my world-famous side notes. Some of you out there could be massive over-preparers, and when you do go to a unicorn, you might actually be ready to buy when you talk to them, thinking you need another year, but you prepared so well before you even talked to somebody, you might be ready to go, which means that the market conditions might be where you do want to buy sooner rather than later. So it could be in your best interest to go ahead and make the move. So please do yourself a favor. Don't confuse what I'm saying. And when you go to someone who really takes the time to evaluate your entire total situation and they say, hey, you know what? You should be able to get going on this in the next couple of months. Don't feel pressured. Don't feel rushed. If you're talking to a well-vetted, well-qualified unicorn team or someone that you've actually done all the research for yourself, that's exciting if they look at you and they go, damn, you're in great shape and your best play is to jump on this right now and take advantage of X, Y, and Z, whatever that is. Could be the current prices, the current interest rates, or based on your current super expensive renting situation. But for many of you, if you haven't done a lot of planning before you talk to somebody, yes, planning, it's my favorite P word. It can tend to get a little frustrating trying to do it if you're just randomly Googling a realtor. And maybe when you talk to them, you might feel rushed. Or worse, maybe when you talk to them, you might feel neglected because you can't buy what you want to this weekend. So because of all that, unfortunately, no, I cannot, I shouldn't, and I'm not going to give you an answer to a lot of your specific questions. I don't have all the details to be able to understand and give you an answer that's going to serve you best. That's a big enchilada, and this is a big purchase. All right, where were we? P-terms. That's right, P-terms and definitions. Oh, we only got one of them done so far. Woo! That's the thing about doing a podcast. So many people listen to these because they want to hear the three biggest mistakes and they're so afraid of everything that's going on. So they just want the 10-step PDF download that they can post on their wall. Well, I need to make sure that you guys understand many, many of the sales techniques that are, people are using to get you to work with them, with that realtor or that lender. They're designed to get you to reach out with them and work with them. They're not designed to educate you and give you the big picture. And remember, they're looking for the quick sale. 
So yeah, I may have gone off on a little bit of tangent right there, but I wanted to make sure that you guys were getting educated so that you can get the best deal for you and your family, not the fastest deal. Let's get back to some technical definitions. P, power of attorney. Google says that's a legal document that authorizes another person to act on one's behalf. Now, power of attorney is sometimes used in real estate if a buyer or seller is incapacitated out of the country or otherwise needs someone else to sign the documents on their behalf. They can grant complete authority or it can be limited to certain acts or to certain periods of time. Okay, I can see that as we're going alphabetically, we're about to get into all the prefix definitions that start with pre. Now, there are a bunch of these in real estate, so instead of presuming that you have another 25 minutes to let me present into your ear holes and eye holes, what's up YouTube? Let's call the piece for today and I will tease the exciting upcoming trilogy that nobody asked for. Like, share, rate, and review, follow on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. So here's my big tease, the trailer for the exciting trilogy. The journey began with partial payments and unnecessary urination jokes, and you were captivated as points were explained to you with a passion that can only be described as unwarranted and excessive. So now stay tuned for the dramatic conclusion, P Part 3, You Can Do This.